All right, here we are. Uh, thank you for joining me here on our first official AI 4C podcast. That's AI, the number four in C podcast. I am your host, Adam Alvarado, and I just want to thank you guys for joining us here. Um, this is going to be an exciting ride, uh, and just so much to cover in this. Uh, really, it's an introductory episode. Um, not the beginning of an episode, but this whole episode is going to be, uh, it's an introduction. Um, and so, uh, I mean, let's just get into some of the basic tenets here. All right, so first, what is AI4C? AI4C is an acronym, obviously. No word sounds like AI4C. <laughs> so AI4C, it means all in for Christ. Uh, it's terminology for being surrendered to Christ or just being all in, like all aspects of your life involve Christ, right? It's not to the extent of, all right, Jesus, I'm hungry. What should I eat for breakfast? I have four boxes of cereal and I don't know what to pick. Holy Spirit, give me an answer. Now that silliness, um, but living out your life to the fullest extent to where it gives God the glory. So you are either um, you know, you're at work and you're doing your best at work, even if you hate your job, uh, because the Bible says that we want to give our best and whatever we do here, we do to the to the glory of God. Right. And at the same time, we want to fulfill that that great commission. We want to fulfill just our part of sharing the gospel. Not simply because it's a commandment, because it should be um, a, a new regenerated desire in us when we go from being dead in sin to dead to sin. Right. So we we want to encourage those things. And at the same time, we just want to reach the loss with the gospel effectively um, and in a, just uh, accurately with the gospel as well. So um, AFRC is also it's, it's a ministry that is being built. It's built on evangelism, discipleship and just trying to reach the lost um, in ways of whether it's going to be preaching and then also discipleship is going to use different people's talents. Um, so some art forms as far as like uh, singing and rap and uh, spoken word or poetry. Um, these avenues are very important, right? And depending on what side of the theological field you're on, you may not agree necessarily, but this comes from one, a lot of praying and very little emotion. And two is just seeing God move genuinely through these art forms, right? We're not trying to win anyone to the art form, but just simply the art form as a tool and the gospel message as the center, the beginning and the end of the entire message. Sometimes you can have people who are just interested in the music, right? Like right now, there's a whole segment of the church who they're just very involved in just worshiping, right? Just complete worship. And that's all that they do. Like they'll go to an all night worship conference and come back and think it was completely awesome. And it's just like, oh, okay, so what did you learn? Well, I just had this intimate moment with God. I was like, that's awesome. But what about that intimate moment brought you closer to God, right? Um, if, if God's your father, like how much time singing to your mother actually makes you closer to her, right? H how much does singing to your, your auntie or your dad, your biological dad, how much does singing in front of them while they sit there and do nothing, how much of you doing that actually brings you closer to them, right? Because when you look at it in this perspective, it doesn't seem to make any sense. So why would that alone, right? You're singing, you want to lift his name up and everything, but 
does it really bring you closer? Did you learn more about your mother or father? Did you did you learn more about God? Right. Um, so anyway, rabbit trail. Let's pull back. Let's pull back. <laughs> so, um, you know, AFRCA is a ministry that uses these tools to to uh, reach the lost and also encourage the church to redirect from emotional uh, centered gospel to um, more theological and more just uh, straightforward, straight to back to scripture, straight to uh, the repentance and straight to just dealing with the sins in our lives and trying to grow from it, right? We know being Christians, like we are completely not perfect. And of course, it's not an excuse for us to be like, well, I'm not perfect. So I just stay stuck here. You know, there are times in my life where if I mess up, um, you know, not when, not if, but when it happens. <laughs> um, so these are times when I do, and it's just like, man, it, it makes me, you know, sick to my stomach. I'm like, man, God, I, I, I want to fix this. I don't want to continue to make the same mistakes over and over again, right? And if it does happen, I need to find out why this reason is. I need to get people around me who aren't yes men or yes women, if you're a female, who will simply tell you that you're okay and you seem to pray and fast about these things, uh, these things, but they will give me tangible um, ways from scripture and just their walk with God that will help me overcome this, right? Um, you know, and so what we want to do with this podcast, as far as AI4C is concerned, um, you know, we want to not just uh, do the, the street evangelism, at least do that properly, and then involvement in churches and just trying to help churches uh, just deal with some issues that they have going on, uh, especially right now where right now the church is taking an unfortunate turn and trying to handle current events and the way that we're kind of dealing with things right now, it just seems to come from a place where it's more last minute ditch efforts versus something that has been calculated. Right. And I'll get into that more in another podcast. I'll leave that there. <laughs> um, so some of the things that will happen on this podcast where right, I want to get to, and uh, one of the things I want us to do is to one, I want this to be um, more of a personal thing. So this podcast is kind of broken down into three segments, right? Um, and you know what, before I get into those segments, let me just explain a little bit of who I am and where I came from and how I got to this spot right here, uh, which would be in my living room. So, <laughs> um, you know, I first I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, if you're not from this state, so you've never been to New York, Google it because Google is always right. Um, <laughs> so I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, I was born to a single mom and you know, a lot of stuff uh, was going on. I lived with my grandmother for a good amount of time. And at the time, my grandmother was into uh, a form of witchcraft, a form of uh, uh, Santeria. And um, that played a little bit of a part of, in my life as well, seeing things and never really trusting in Jesus. I, I never grew up in a Christian home, but I, I grew up in a um, a place where spirituality, like not all vibes, like, oh, I'm picking up his vibe and his vibe. I'm just not vibing well with him. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, what I mean is that I, I knew very well that the devil existed because of things that I saw, things that I personally experienced that are just, uh, you, you can't discount them, right? Because of how tangible it really was. Um, 
you know, I, I grew up in that, and then you know, I ended up going with my mother, and then me and my mother were we're struggling. We're going from you know shelter to shelter. I remember as a younger man just traveling with uh, you know black bags of clothes in the snow. I remember um, doing all that, feeling embarrassed uh, sometimes. Uh, only because you're going through it, but that was very rare to feel embarrassed, right? That was more when I saw, when I spoke to other kids and I saw, you know, I, I wasn't sure why I was embarrassed. And I say that only because there was never a time in my mind that it, it that kind of synced into where I was like, this is not right. I kind of just assumed that this was normal. Like every part of my life that has happened to me from the really great to the absolute horrible, um, as a child, I just kind of felt like this is just how it goes, right? Because you listen to comedians, which is something I love. I love stand-up comedy. And, you know, you listen to comedians, and that's all like they talk about. They talk about how bad things are. They talk about catching a beat down or being poor, eating cereal with uh, water, right? Because that's a thing. <laughs> eating cereal with water. You know what I mean? Eating mac and cheese without the cheese. Right, you you got to pick. You have to have the mac and cheese, the mac now and the cheese tomorrow. You got to spread it out. How else are you gonna survive, right? Um, you know the the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you you have to eat, but sometimes it's just the jelly and the one slice of bread and the peanut butter with this one slice of bread another day. Like you gotta you gotta make things work because money wasn't a thing, but it was just part of growing up. Um, so I never really felt like oh this is weird or this is bad. Um, you know we went from shelter to shelter and. Ate those things just felt normal. You know, there was even a time where I went to a camp for, I think it was single mother and their kids. And I remember meeting a bunch of kids there and no one said this was weird. No one said this was wrong. No one said anything. So a lot of my life was that just being normal. And it wasn't until I stopped in Queens, we stopped in Queens and we lived in a projects. And in this project, I, I, it was the time Biggie and Tupac were just like, the thing again if you don't know who big and tupac are it's to google it guys google it all right <laughs> so google big and tupac um but short reference huge icons in hip-hop culture right and i was looking up to them and the style was that right everyone was gangster everyone was just that everyone was just you know about the fighting about everything i wasn't at that time, uh, at that time, I was and I was very innocent. We just came out of the shelter and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm with my mother traveling. This is to the extent that it was. So when I started going to school in Queens and the school was attached to the projects. And that, the ironic part is 90% of the kids who went to the school were attached to the projects as well. So I seen these kids every day in the school, out of school. And, you know, I was bullied in the school. Um, from some of the kids in the neighborhood, probably because I didn't look like um, number one, my clothes were not the greatest of fashions. Um, and at the same time, I didn't carry myself of someone of a hardened heart. I wasn't hard. I wasn't, um, you know, uh, having an attitude, that rugged attitude that you have when you go through the hood process, right? At least I, I didn't have it at that time. But as longer I stayed there in that school, the more I began to develop it, you know, the fights you get into, the things, the people, the influences, uh, the, the things you begin to get introduced to. The music doesn't help at all. It was definitely encouraging the music videos, you know, um, just all of that stuff. You wanted to be, um, you know, a, a gangster like what you see in the movies and all those things. And it was really captivating to me. 
And so by my time where, and I went to summer school a lot, a lot. Um, but in my time of going to summer school at the end of ninth grade, uh, I was actually already involved in uh, some gang at some, but I was involved in gang activity just flat out. And I always tried to hide it because, you know, there's this weird thing that you, you're in it and you come home, you don't want your mom to know, right? And you never really know why you don't want your mom to know. You just don't want her to think about it, right? So I would come home, have my bandanas, and I would always hide them in different places because they would always go missing. And I can't tell you how many bandanas I had that just disappeared like the rapture. It was insane. And then one day I actually was in my mother's room and I saw um, all of the bandanas. And I, I the first thought in my mind was like, my mother is either, she's, she's either joined a gang or she took all my bandanas. <laughs> so I was like, what's going on? You know, and I remember that moment. I was like, oh, whatever. But uh, in summer school, I saw a lot of contradictory things to what gang culture was promising. Um, uh, the brotherhood, the, the community. And that was one of the things that drew me to it also was that, that, that community. And I, I loved fighting, but the community was awesome. That's at least what it felt like. You know, on the surface, when you know people, you know some dangerous people. You know people who, who've killed people in the street and walked away and they went to go eat a chicken sandwich type of people. Um, and then they're so cool with you. They treat you like a little brother. You know, they, they do stuff for you. They just really love on you. And you see as time progresses, as, as that just being a pawn of trying to, like, raise you to do something for them. You know, they, they might shoot somebody and they know to, hey, little man, look, hold this down. They'll give you the gun and you're supposed to hold it. And the cops find you, you know, a 15, 16 year old kid with a gun. You, you didn't even know what happened. You just told to hold it. And now you're in jail for the rest of your life for, you know, a three body count murder, you know, for something you didn't happen. And this happens often, you know, as a young man, you think that you're not supposed to snitch and it's just a crazy thing. But luckily before I'd even got to that, that spot, um, I saw a lot of contradictory things. Um, and one of the tipping point was I had a, uh, a man at that time who was like my brother and he ended up getting beaten up and jumped and man, he just, it, it messed me up because it was the same people and they, they jumped him because he joined the same exact gang in another neighborhood. And somehow that was, I just, it, I didn't comprehend like how that was betrayal. Right. Um, so at the end of, um, at the end of high school, at the end of ninth grade, uh, I dropped out because I didn't want to deal with this anymore. And I left the job corps, right? And I did that because you can't just say that you don't want to, being in a gang is not playing tag, right? You, you, you have to make serious maneuvers or you have to go through the consequence of leaving. And so, because I didn't trust them and I knew the people I knew who were, who was in it, I just decided to leave altogether and go upstate. And when I went up there, you know, fast forward a couple of things, I ended up having uh, a daughter who I was desperately trying to uh, abort and it just, it did not happen. Like I was so severely trying to abort the baby because I just didn't want it. I had plans to join the military and just disappear. I wanted to become a Navy SEAL and just completely disappear. I wanted to um, just get into stuff that I knew that, you know, my nature was like to fight. I love the military, all that stuff. And I was like, let me just do this. And then I have this kid who's now born with a, a girl who I was with for a while, but we were already like falling out of things and I had to be a dad, something I've never seen for a kid I didn't even want at the time. And 
it was just a horrible situation. So after I finished the, the this place, it was called Job Corps. I left there, came back, and um, I decided to try to do acting, right? Because on top of me um, being into um, the military, I, I gained a love for acting, right? And I was like, man, Will Smith is the man. And we watched uh, the guys in my dorm and in my room. There was like four of us. We used to watch... Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and all the Will Smith movies that were out at the time, and we was all getting jiggy with it. Like <laughs> it's crazy, it was nuts. We were like Will Smith fans to like the nth degree. It was it was nuts. Um, and so we wanted to, I wanted to go and do that. So when I left, I left her upstate uh, while she was pregnant a little bit, um, and yeah, she, I, I would say she. Yeah, before she gave birth, I went back upstate because of the pressure. I was there for when my daughter was born, and that did something to me a little bit. To where I, I, I cried. I was there. I was very intrigued about everything. Um, but then, you know, just fast forwarding a little bit, it was just a horrible situation. Everything, everything, all the arguments, all the, the fighting, the irresponsibility of no one raising neither one of us to be parents and all of the the chaos of the drinking and the smoking just in that situation was absolutely horrible. Um, and then fast forwarding, I, I ended up getting saved and I have to leave how I got saved for another time <laughs> um, because it's I didn't get saved in church. I, no one came to me to share the gospel. Uh, this is not how this happened. Um, and for that, I need to leave another podcast. However, before this ends, because uh, this is just a short intro, like I said, I just wanted to introduce myself. And uh, I said earlier that there are three uh, parts to this podcast, uh, three different episodes, three different types of podcasts that will come from here. One of them is called The Solos, which would be this. It would be me and you guys listening. Um, and we'll be talking about, it won't always be like this. Obviously, this is the intro, but we'll be talking about deeper things, uh, perhaps going into theology more and um sharing more personal stories with you as it reflects to scripture and answering questions is again that's one of the hugest things so when you're hearing this on spotify on apple or wherever this is going to be put out to um you know the instagram if you want to follow um is uh ai4c.newyork and you can find me there and just send in your your questions there um, or if you want, you can send an email to uh, AI4C, AI, the number four, C, uh, dot New York at gmail.com. And you can send in questions there, um, whether it's about God or, you know, other things of this nature. Um, so answering questions and doing devotionals uh, with you guys as well. You know, uh, just trying to, again, this is another way to outreach, not just uh, these stories and testimonies and these conversations I'll explain later uh, and some comedy stuff that will unha happen, of course. Um, but uh, the desire is to bring you closer and to answer questions uh, just to help you see God more clearly, you know, just according to scripture. And it's a huge thing. Uh, the second phase or part of this podcast will be, it's called the sesh, right? It's short for sessions. I know my older theological, uh, Reformed saints, so I'm not going to like that I <laughs> split the word session up because it seems slightly off. But I mean, it's the current generation. It will sound appealing and let them hear the gospel this way. Uh, but yes, it's a 
it's called the sesh short for uh, the session and it's a group conversation uh with people that are diverse different christian backgrounds sometimes they're not christian and they're not saved at all and it's awesome to have the conversation sometimes there'll be debates this however the sesh is way more lively um sometimes it will be a consistently about the same people that you'll meet uh sometimes it'll be different and the idea is to, to you will have a chance to hear other christians and you'll have a chance to just hear the different stories and um how everyone is perceiving it and you know we'll dive into things that like what's correct and what's not correct and it, it's a lot you know um we'll have special guests sometimes we'll bring in some pastors and have conversations with them um like I said, just as a, a warning now, that group will be rambunctious, not to the point where it's out of control, but <laughs> it's supposed to be lively. Uh, I know in, in modern times today, the depiction of Christians have not been uh, one that is uh, really reflecting the gospel or what it means to be a Christian. It's either like you are you were so shut down and like holy and all this that you are disconnected from everyone, or you're just so into the world that it's hard to tell you apart, right? Um, and we have examples of that everywhere. So that's something that we just want to have that balance of like, yeah, if you're a Christian, it's not one of those things like, well, I'm not dead. Well, yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not it. But if you're a Christian, you'll see the different types of Christians that there are, like they're all in different parts of their sanctification. Um, so. Uh, yeah, again, there's going to be different viewpoints in this group, uh, sometimes different religions for sure um, uh, will, will be in the group. And this will be intentional, right? Just trying to provoke that conversation and seeing how Jesus rears against uh, different belief systems in this type of conversation. And watch how some older Christians, some younger Christians, and myself see how we are able to use the gospel to um, go around those things and how we deal with some theological issues in the church today, just our uh, biblical stance on those things or just what the Bible says about that, right? Because what's more important is not necessarily our opinion, but what scripture says about those things. And if you have questions about stuff we talk about in there, definitely send those in. So one of the last things that I mentioned is the third part or phase of this podcast, and it's called the Trophies of Grace, right? It's called Trophies of Grace. If you are in some Christian circles, you've heard this terminology before. Trophies of Grace is, it's um, it's the terminology used to uh, talk about people's testimonies. And so on this podcast, there will be times where I will be interviewing someone and having them share their testimony as I ask them questions. Some of these people I know, some of these people are just meeting for the first time. Um, so it, it's, it'll vary, but these testimonies are not just, um, these testimonies are hard. These, some of these people coming from different countries, having to go through some hardship. Some of these people live right here in America and have just, just absolute, uh, destroyed lives before Christ. And you have a chance to hear how, um, they were transformed by, uh, by God and by the gospel and how God completely renewed them. And we're going to talk about what they were before, how they got saved, and what they are doing currently, right? Because oftentimes I feel when people share their testimonies, it's only the 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 before and then after. You, then it's you got saved, and then that's it. I was like, no, we need to hear everything, right? Because that's the encouraging part. 
you know, um, the brokenness part before you got saved is so that people can see and be like, oh, wow, that person's just like me. And if God can save them, God can save me as well. And then the other part is is for the lost also, and it's for the saints to, who feel like they're kind of stuck. So a lot of these stories are very inspirational um, and would definitely be uh, amazing to just have that ball rolling. Uh, so just as a side note, at some point, there will be a visual podcast, but that will take some time because as of this moment, running this whole ship is just me. <laughs> So God will bring the people who uh, who want to be involved and help build this. And um, as far as organizing everything, it's just me. Um, but God will bring the people who 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 best fit these places. Um, and it'll just be a blessing. But uh, I think, guys, that is it for this intro of the podcast. First episode, this episode is, a, is an intro. And uh, I know I pray that this episode finds you well. I feel this uh, episode is intriguing and gets you excited to hear more about one, how I got saved if you don't know me. And at the same time, what type of conversations we will have and those trophies of grace are just going to be awesome. And just being able to answer questions for you, um, regardless of what the question is, we're going to try to dive into it. You know, if it's in theology, whether you're thinking about suicide, especially uh, I reaching out to those, if you're thinking about suicide, definitely send in your questions now, you know, um, I just want to try to reach those 911 situations where um, if you feel like you're on the brink and even if you, you're not really depressed, you know, here in New York, just as a quick second, um, in New York, we had like uh, two, three suicides here at the Hudson Yard and it was heartbreaking. And it just kind of reminded that even though a lot of Christians are just kind of like uh, hiding right now, if you will, or concerned with other things, we're still in a time where depression has skyrocketed and the church is the beacon of hope. And so we're supposed to, we, we carry within us the, the hope of the gospel, the hope of eternity, and we should be sharing those things, not being so distracted. Um, not that we shouldn't care about certain things, but we have definitely been distracted to where the lost is, are the ones who are suffering uh, the most from this. So like I said, um, at some point there will be a visual and it's all exciting. And again, I am just super hyped and excited and I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you guys. I pray, pray, pray that this finds you in a place where you're just super excited to hear what's going on next. Um, and yeah, you know, let's just continue to grow together. So, all right, guys, thank you again. And don't forget to rep the king.